Welcome to the Fishers of Men podcast, brought to you by us at So Much Media. I'm Mary Ashley Burton. I'm Laura Samara Sands. This podcast is about relationships and your walk with Jesus. It's about the true stories of Christian men and women's struggles with chastity, sex, marriage, and relationships in a post-Christian culture. Welcome to another episode of the Fishers of Men podcast. Today we have an awesome guest, Christy Davis-Sams, to join us to talk about boundaries and abuse, and we'll touch a little bit on the Me Too movement that's going on right now. Christy joins us from Ohio, so hey Christy, how's it going? Hey, it's good. Thanks for having me. Totally. uh, Staying warm? Is there snow? Is there actual yeah, seasons? Yeah, we're having a heat wave. It's like 30 degrees here. So. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. I would not survive. Here it's like 72 yeah. and cold. <laughs> yes, I know. I have my heater on. I have this, like, fabulous fleece robe on. It's pretty great. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. wh- why don't we go ahead and get started? Because this is a topic that I think is really pertinent to the times. But why don't we go ahead and start with you? Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your work as a counselor, your areas of focus, just your passions? I know we talked a little bit about that earlier. Yeah. So I'm a clinical counselor. Um, I In Ohio, the, the license is very general. So I can work with children, adolescents, families, marriages, whatever. I primarily right now I'm working with adults and some teenagers. The kids I tend to refer out. It's a little bit of a different skill set, but I'm definitely, I love kids. I have enough of my own. (laughs) Right now I'm doing a few more groups and I'm hoping to do a little more of that this year. And I think one of the things I'm finding myself is kind of my passion and really realizing it more now is just that intersection of kind of mental health, emotional health, understanding who we are, and then bringing our faith into that. And where does God play a role and how have wounds from the church and Mm -hmm. even our view of God and all of that been affected Mm -hmm. throughout our life. And so um, I've been really blessed to, I'm married to a pastor, and so I've used some of his connections Mm -hmm. um, to kind of bring more of an awareness that there are resources in our community to um, really address those two things. And it's not a common thing. It's it's hard to find, I think, somebody who really um, is not really sound and loves the Lord, but also has the clinical piece as well. So I'm, mm, right. I'm so honored. It's, I love doing that. Now, not every client, you know, is a believer and that's okay. Um, but if they are, and that's a place they want to go, I, that's really what I love doing. So that's great. It sounds like you have a very holistic practice going. And yeah. I think even if somebody isn't a yeah. believer, I think there's so much of like that spiritual talk, you know, people are, uh, yeah. they understand that there's a spiritual side to things and they may not know that as Jesus or the Christian God, but at least that's where you can kind of intersect with them and, and relate to them in that mm-hmm. way. So and go deeper than and go deeper. Yeah. Totally. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I feel like everybody can take one step towards something more spiritually healthy wherever they're, you know, their faith life. So yeah, that's, that's a really cool place to work. That's great. Well, why don't we go into, um, over a Christmas break, 
for our audience, if you didn't notice, we share the same last name. So she is, in <laughs> fact, my sister-in-law. But over Christmas break, we were visiting with family, and you were telling me about this book, Boundaries, which I have since then bought and read through a little bit. And you seem to have this passion about people and their boundaries, and particularly as it plays into abuse cycles. So as mm -hmm. Boundaries has become, as you say, a helpful source for people dealing with a large spectrum of issues, can you talk a little bit about what the authors are communicating there and, and really what, and the authors are Dr. Henry Cloud and Dr. John Townsend, mm -hmm. like what is their real, what are, was their intention by writing this book, which has been out for many years and has there's other books that have been sprung off from this as a series, like Boundaries in Marriage, Boundaries in Dating, Boundaries in such and such. So I'm excited to read some of those. But yes, can you tell us, because you, you talk so much about the book that it, I couldn't help but want to get it. So can you can you go into that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> I think the, the main issue, if you look at the cover of the book, well, the old cover had a fence on it, but um, the cover now has a pencil line. And it's just kind of a representation that it's it's a line. It's um, a boundary is defining what is mine and what is not mine. And some, you know, he talks very clearly in the beginning about you know certain boundaries are really easy to see. So you know, a stop sign is a boundary. I have to stop. A fence around my property that's a boundary. I know what's mine and what's not mine. I know which grass to mow. You know. Yeah. Um, and so there are certain things that are easy to see, but when it comes to like emotional and spiritual boundaries, you know, those are a little more abstract. Right. And so it's really, it's an easy read. Yeah. It, he uses some story. He uses really easy um, metaphors to really get you to start thinking through, you know, how do we talk about things that belong to me and don't belong to me? Um, and then I think, so I, I was raised in the church. I've been around a lot of Christians. Right. And one of the kind of hesitations that I hear in the Christian world is, well, that sounds really selfish. You know, mm. boundaries, they sound mean. And what about serving and sacrifice? Turn the other cheek. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. And I, I, the authors do a really good job of talking about it is because we have boundaries that we are free to serve and free to sacrifice. You That's can't great. lay down something until you know what you're laying down. You, mm. you know, you have to have ownership over that first before you're saying, oh, yes, and now I want to lay this down and I want to serve someone. Mm -hmm. And so the, the concept of freedom really is what this book is about. And just, I mean, they're not the creators of boundaries. They, sure, they just did a really good job of putting it together. It really is a kind of a foundational truth and order, I believe, that God designed really to bring freedom. And so I think I talk about it with almost every single client <laughs> <laughs> in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. So. Well, I'm a believer and I'm a fan and I'm enjoying the book as well. <laughs> I, I appreciated that it started out with just kind of a day in the life of a woman who just doesn't know her own boundaries. And it, she seems to play into that if I can bring in the Enneagrams here, an Enneagram too, where she just wants to help everyone else and she just mm. doesn't realize that she's exhausting herself, therefore almost crippling her own self to go ahead and help others. It's that whole like put on the mask on yourself before you help others on a plane, blah, blah, blah. But really appreciate that because I think there's so many of us, especially here in LA where we're all hustling, we're all trying to do the thing and we forget self-care. Mm -hmm. And we think the most important thing, especially as believers, 
serve others, serve others, serve others. And then we forget Mm -hmm. that we also need that sort of Sabbath and time to ourselves to recharge and to like really say no to things so that we can say yes later. And I think that spoke to me on in a big way because and Mary Ashley, I'm sure can relate where we're just, we stretch ourselves thin so much and then your relationships could suffer for that. Mm hmm. Yeah, and I think, you know, we're not, we weren't created to live with resentment and stress and fear. Right. And when you, yeah, that, that story in the beginning of the book is perfect. Like, she just uh-huh. keeps giving and giving and giving, and you can see it in her face. Like, I, well, I see it because there's a video that goes with the group material, and there's a woman <laughs> acting it out, and you can see it all over her. Like, she's mm. living in bondage. Mm. And, you know, that's a great, that's where, you know, we have counselors are starting to draw, or we draw attention to the feelings, like your feelings are there for a reason. Yes. And they are, you know, they're kind of that thermometer, like there's something going on here that you need to stop and pay attention. Mm. Um, you know, you're not supposed to live like that. You're supposed to be living in freedom. So. Yeah, that's a, actually an especially good message for Catholics, I think, because we especially tend to think like, oh, if I'm not enjoying something, that means that that's what God wants me to do. Mm. <laughs> but, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, that, oh, I just need to keep suffering, keep suffering. But it's not true. You know, God, you know, you know, sometimes obviously like we all have uh, suffering and evil to deal with that is unavoidable. But like. God doesn't necessarily want us to be unhappy right? <laughs> and living in bondage. And, you know, that's not what he right. created us for. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what I appreciate about the, the authors of this book as well is they talk a lot about our lack of setting boundaries is controlled by our fear. Mm-hmm. And we're f- afraid to let others down or afraid of what they will say or afraid that they're going to stop being our friend or loving us or whatever, which, of course, mm-hmm. this is not of God. so much for that brief summary of not just the book, but your own work and your own passions, trying to steer it into a more serious discussion. As you know, as everyone in the world knows, there's this great movement in Hollywood and it's coming out all over the world. Yeah. (laughs) And and it's coming out everywhere in all walks of life, all, all types of jobs, not just in the entertainment industry of this like Me Too movement and sexual abuse and men of power, particularly of taking advantage of those that work under them, beneath them. I'm trying to use other language. <laughs> how do I, how do, that are working, that they, they're, they're inferiors, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yes. Like <laughs> in terms of, yeah, never mind. The hierarchy yeah. of work. In terms of the hierarchy. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's it's no way to say that. Power. Right. Power. Yeah. That knows. yeah. Yes. Sorry. But yes, to take our conversation to a more serious tone. How can we flag abusive situations if it doesn't come to physical aggression? I know that there's a component of that. Obviously, sexual assault is the thing that has brought what has been in the news is in the news. Taking this concept of boundaries, saying no or understanding other people's boundaries, how do we flag those situations that are more than physical aggression? Uh, Just how do we apply those boundary setting things, not just for ourselves, but to see it in others and to help our fellow man out and woman that may be uh, dealing with these boundaryless situations. Either they don't know Mm -hmm. how to say no, or they just 
don't see that this is a situation where somebody is invading their boundaries. Sometimes it's just the lack of knowledge or the lack of saying, oh, it's not okay for this person but because they are their superior in some way. Mm-hmm. Or it's more important mm-hmm. to keep a job or you yeah, know, well, to, to not ruffle feathers. Right. Or, Again, know, there are lots of reasons based in fear where, oh, I'm going to get fired or... This yeah. is my one shot to break into the Or this film is just industry. how the industry is. Yeah, sorry, is- we've asked you a lot of questions. Yeah, so. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you guys are hitting on all great points. It, it, the thing is, it's a complicated issue. There's a lot sure. of yeah. pieces and parts to it. And sure. one thing I want to say is, and they go, to, they go into this in the book, boundaries are developed at a very young age. He talks about birth to three, or birth to 18 months, mm-hmm. 18 months to three. And I've been working with a group of women and we kind of talked through that. And I'm pretty sure every woman in that group was talking about, yeah, here's what happened when I was that age. And so, you know, these are things, now don't be hopeless because, you know, first of all, God can work miracles. Amen. Um, But you can start now. It's not that you're ruined or anything like that, but, you know, we as counselors are always looking at the past and where did you come from and what happened, not for blame, but to really just understand you know, what, what am I carrying with me? What worldview do I have? How were boundaries uh, displayed in my life, either for good or for bad? Mm-hmm. I think it's, it starts there. But to answer, well, another part of the question is, you know, physical abuse, sexual abuse, other than the, you know, the times where it's just like an abrupt, you know, sudden rape out of nowhere kind of thing. Obviously, those are different situations but the Mm -hmm. ones where you see kind of you know grooming and it's a long-term process that ends up into physical Mm. or sexual abuse you know there's a lot that happens before that and I think that's kind of what you're asking like what are some of those things that we can see before it gets to that place Mm -hmm. I think a simple google search of what is abuse what is physical abuse what is sexual abuse what Mm -hmm. is verbal abuse is helpful what is emotional abuse I actually have a paper right here in front of me just to keep me you would be surprised at what is considered abuse and a lot of times I just put this paper in front of a client and say get a highlighter and mark out you know which one of these things were done if you as a child or in your relationship with your boss you know so things like under the emotional abuse category embarrassing you constant demands on you forcing you to work when you're sick I mean that's a very specific one but it's this ongoing pattern of just disrespect, right. disregard, not valuing your accomplishments, not caring for you. Hmm. Again, sometimes I think people think those things are so selfish. They're not. They're thing- I mean, these are things that are they're supposed to be in relationships, right? Right. And obviously there's different levels of relationships and, you know, there's professionalism and things like that and you know, none of us can expect to walk into a job and be completely loved and fully cared for. But there's definitely threads that you can see. And so, yeah, I think as far as kind of learning what some of those are, I, I think just educating yourself on what abuse looks like um, so important. Is, is a first step. Mm-hmm. I, I, well, I have a follow-up question. Do you, so do you also have advice on how to develop a sense of self and to know more clearly when your boundaries are being violated. Oh, fantastic question, Mary Ashley. Yeah, because I think, well, especially in my life, like I'm a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's like like most women with daddy issues. Oh, you know, right. so like I would go into a work situation and be like, I'll do everything, and like you can call right. me at 11 p.m. and it's fine. You know, when because it really I just isn't. <laughs> when it's really not. Yeah, yeah. but it's just because I want that like appreciation and admiration and, and yeah, respect. validation and all of those yeah. things that we seek 
from our parents and mm-hmm. and, and then yeah. from our community. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And here's the thing. Um, in Again, in the Boundaries book, there's um, what they call the 10 laws of boundaries. And sometimes the boundary stuff can get a little overwhelming. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to overwhelm. But one of the laws is the law of motivation. And it talks about just what is the heart? Like, you know, so, you know, Mary Ashley, you're talking about, like, I, I'm a people pleaser. I want to do, and there's an element of that that's great. Like, the motivation of the heart. I want to be that person. I want to, you know, um, help people, and I want to, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. The heart is good. It's it's how do we know when those things are crossed? So that's the question. I think, again, in the book, he talks about just kind of gives examples of what's within our boundaries. So things like, first of all, our feelings, you know, when you're getting calls at 11 o'clock at night, how are you feeling about that? Right. <laughs> you know, are you, and being honest are you about how you feel. Something? Yeah. Do you start to, you know, hate your phone because it rings every night at 11 o'clock? You know, it's recognizing that those feelings matter. I would say that's one of the first, you know, first things. Also, attitudes, beliefs, desires, values are within our boundaries. So I have a value of being at home with my children. I want to be home with them. I don't want to be working while I'm at home. Now, obviously, that doesn't always happen, but it's a value. I want to have quality time with them. So maybe for you, it's I want to spend time with my friends, and I want them to know that I care about them. And so I need to be able to, when I'm with them, to actually be with them and not have Mm -hmm. to answer my phone and do work. So that's another one. Love, trust, these are all things within our boundaries. So I think there's a lot, like I said, there's a lot at play, but having a practice of just slowing down and, you know, maybe taking some time to journal, like, how do I feel right now? What is, you know, why am I mad? Why am I, you know, feeling stressed? Why do I have tension in my back? (laughs) This concept of mindfulness, Mm. um, being, being aware of, you know, how are these things affecting me? Yeah, that's really good. Cause especially cause I find that I have trouble recognizing my feelings in the moment. And it's only like a couple days later that I'm like, Hey, I didn't really like that comment or, mm-hmm. you know, and so that's one of the things I'm trying to work on. And it sounds like that advice would be really good. Like journaling and just being able to yeah. feel what these like name the feelings yeah. kind of. And admit to them is step yeah. one, and, you know, and being honest about like, oh, I really didn't like that. Right. Yeah, I would say don't beat yourself up that it was a couple of days later. I think that's totally normal. Not, mm-hmm. I mean, some people are really great at pointing it out in the moment, but, you know, I'm not always, you mm-hmm. know, it's okay. It's that you can go back and, you know, you pick your battles, but there are some times where you're like, you know what, that comment wasn't okay, or you know, I, I, why am I not being treated better in this area? Can I go back and have those hard conversations? Just a side note, the bound, the authors of boundaries also wrote a book called boundaries face to face, which talks about how to have those conflicts or how to have those conversations that you've been avoiding. Mm. And so kind of those confrontations, especially in a workplace, you know, how do you do that with grace and, you know, with truth? So yeah. anyway, that's just kind of a side note, but Oh, that um, sounds like a great book. Yeah. <laughs> we could all read yeah. for our workplace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or for every area of life, really. Every, every area. difficult conversation. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things about boundaries that kind of hit me later, and I read this, I've read this book a few times, is recognizing that, you know, I want my boundaries respected, but I also have to recognize that other people have boundaries as well. And one of the things that lies within their boundaries is that they're allowed to reject us. 
They're allowed to mm-hmm. say no. They're allowed to mm-hmm. be angry. Mm-hmm. And initially, that was kind of hard for me. It was like, well, these are my boundaries. You have to respect me. You need to be my right. friend or whatever. <laughs> and it was like, no, that's actually, you know, I'm imposing myself on them in a sense. So, you know, I don't have to remain in relationship with that person if they decide to, you know, abuse me or do something bad. Or even if they're angry and it affects our relationship, I want something within my boundaries is to move away from that relationship a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. maybe not cut them off, but maybe I, you know, need some space from them or whatever. And so, Again, I think there's freedom in that as well, that you're entitled to your feeling and your belief, and I may disagree with that, but that's within your boundaries. So that was kind of a a growth area for me. That's good. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. And that really, that seems really relevant because I've been reading a lot of articles lately around the whole Aziz Ansari thing, which is, there's just been like, it seems like there's an infinite amount of perspectives and angles on it. But one Mm -hmm. of the things that keeps sort of sticking out is how much women tend to not assert our boundaries or be a little bit opaque about them Mm. because we're afraid a lot of times of the reaction we might get, you know, like, I really like this guy. And if I'd say no, he might not ask me for a second date or whatever. Or he might kill me. Or or he might (laughs) kill me. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's the more extreme, <laughs> dangerous. Right. So it's like there's a whole spectrum of, you know, yeah. what we might experience. Um, that could start out so innocuous and then build up to that moment where, like, oh, my gosh, I'm fearing for my life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or, so. yeah, he's going to turn insane, you know, because I reject him or whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so um with that in mind, I mean, I don't want to say, do you have any advice for those situations? But because um, <laughs> we just threw out some heavy, disparate examples. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, is is there a way to kind of delicately approach those kinds of situations? Can you can you rephrase that? Like, <laughs> um Maybe we should go back. I know this is a really, yeah. Well, I think the point you're making is that it happens and it often happens in a spiral where women don't necessarily know it's about to happen. I guess the question would be, how can we be better as women and men about the preventative, the mm-hmm. the understanding from the beginning, like, no, these are my boundaries. These are the things that I'm not going to take, I see it happen, like being diligent about walking away or, I mean, I would say like, obviously get to know the person better before you have a a date (laughs) in their apartment, you know, like maybe stay public for a long time if you're not sure. I mean, those are obvious things that are communication, but we don't often do the obvious, you know, we, we're, we're so um, slaves of our free, uh, of our feelings sometimes or impulses or expectations or expectations. One of the things I'm thinking too, is we really have to count the cost. And so I hear a lot of, you know, a lot of your questions and I understand your audience is you are near Hollywood and you're dealing with, Mm -hmm. you know, this could cost me my career. Mm -hmm. It it really could. And unfortunately that, that is where we're finding ourselves in a lot of these situations. And I Mm -hmm. think there are some hard truths that follow this, that if I, if I'm really true to myself, it may cost me and, Mm -hmm. but it might cost me either way. I could have this dream 
job or I could get this next promotion, but what is it going to cost me? It might be an abusive environment. I might be miserable. You know, how far am I willing to go in this job or how far am I willing to go in this relationship? Do I want to go to or whatever the analogy is, you know, to think through those things ahead of time and know that that's, that's my limit. The other thing too, is that boundaries are not walls. They are fences with gates. We can change them. They can mm, evolve. That's a great point. Um, there are certain relationships that are a little. I'm a little more open with. I talk. I use a metaphor sometimes about you know in my house. There are people that I will let come in my yard. There's people that I might let on my front porch. Some people get to come in and yeah. maybe even sit at the table. But there's only about one person who's allowed to come in my bedroom, right? Right. And okay, so it's an right. analogy, but it's kind of thinking about that. There's different levels of relationships. Um, you know, friendships evolve, they come and go, some people mm. hurt us, and we need to, you know, maybe ask them to go sit on the porch, so to speak. Um, <laughs> You're in time out. <laughs> but, yeah, to think through that, and, and, you know, here's the other thing, I'm, I'm more of a structured person, I like rules, I like the manual, and boundaries come easy for me. Right. Uh, well, I shouldn't say easy, but it, it fits my, you know, the way I think about the world. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're not as easy, and that's okay. But to be, I think one of a rule to kind of guide you is to start with just thinking through those things. If I'm in a position where I need to kind of smooth my boss and I need to show my best in order to get that promotion, okay, that's okay. How far am I willing to go with that? And when am I going to know that that's not okay? Yeah. You know, am I being respected for a who I am as a person? The fact that I'm a human being, you know, am I being respected for my talent? Am I being asked to do what's in my job description or am I being asked to do other things? A lot of it's just being intentional to think about, you know, those things. Does yeah. it answer the question? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's especially like as Christians, we can bring another aspect to it that, you know, sometimes we make really worldly decisions because we think that that's kind of all that there is, but mm-hmm. forgetting that God's always there and can always provide for something else, you know, that is in line with our dignity. Like, you know, God is not going to put us in a situation where he demands us to forfeit our dignity as part of his greater calling for us. And yeah, like I, I've turned down personally jobs on a set because the producer director said, yeah, I'll hire you because I always like to have pretty women on set (laughs) and it really makes the men work hard. Like no, and, I yeah, and I and I, I knew at that moment I was like, I mean, it would have been easy money, but I, I want to be hired for my hard work and my talent. And yeah, absolutely. You know, that's, and, that's and a it, great example. It ended up working mm-hmm. out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, and yeah, I felt better great. about myself. Yeah, you're doing great right now. <laughs> but yeah, I I think that you're totally right. You know, in in talking thinking about the costs and the benefit and, you know, sometimes, and I've done this totally before too, of getting stuck in the like, oh, but I have to do this. And this is, this is what I'm called to right now. And God gave me this job. So I need to do everything possible I can to keep it. And mm-hmm. yeah, you know, yeah, we tend to twist God's promises when it's convenient or when we misunderstand it and are fearful. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. love what you said, Mary, actually, it's like, we have a God that is for us and not against us. And he's not going to ask us to violate his own laws. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And we have a helper in the Holy Spirit, you know, yeah, and we're not yeah. expected to do this perfectly. He gives us wisdom. And I think praying for wisdom, praying for discernment, having Christian mm. community around you to mm-hmm. affirm, to help you make decisions, you know, he's not left us alone. And I think that it, having peace, you know, do I have peace about this? Mm. Um, you know, I've gotten myself into sticky situations and I, I was telling my husband last night, just thinking through an awkward dating situation I had one time. And I, <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I prayed the Africa prayer, <laughs> which oh. is the whole, like, Hey God, if you get me out of this, I'll do anything. I'll do <laughs> I know that sounds horrible. Bless all of the African missionaries. Um, <laughs> but you know, it, it, you're not going to do it perfectly. Even, even the counselors and even the authors of the book, you know, it's something that you will always bump up into a situation where we've kind of got to take inventory, but knowing that you even have the ability to do that inventory, I think that's kind of where mm-hmm. we're at is so many people don't even realize that they have, that you're allowed to, <laughs> like yeah. you're allowed to say no. Yeah. Or you're allowed to say, wait, or you're allowed to say, let me think about it. I need some time. You know, Mm -hmm. there's a lot, a lot of facets of boundaries that really, again, give us freedom. So can I ask, I know we mentioned it earlier, but can you, can you define just kind of like succinctly, what is abuse? Can you just repeat what you said earlier? Yeah. Yeah. And so this won't be an exhaustive list, obviously, but abuse basically is, you know, anything done against me, against my will. Okay. (laughs) And so there's obviously different kinds of abuse. There's physical abuse, which is, you know, a little easier to see, pushing, kicking, hitting, stabbing. I mean, there's obviously a spectrum. There's, you know, sexual abuse. We, you know, have an understanding kind of what that is. There's obviously rape. There's, But there's also things like accusations of affairs. So we work with a lot of, like, domestic violence type situations. And I've done training and worked with those kind of, and those women. And there's a lot that falls under that category that may be a topic for another, another day. But, um, you know, sexual abuse is not just rape. There's a lot that goes there. It's touching, it's fondling, anything against your will. It's almost verbal um, too, right? Yeah, it can be sexual yeah. harassment, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, Mary Ashley, that example you talked about, it, you know, that's some sexual abuse. <laughs> it's a little bit of a violation there, you yeah. know. And, and, you know, we're not here to, like, make something worse than what it is, but I think we do have to call out, you know, it's not okay to look at me that way or to treat me like I'm not a person, you know, just because you like the way I look like that's That's abusive. Mm -hmm, Um, And I think there's also, it's a helpful to have the distinction that, you know, people will do things wrong and it might not mean they're an abuser, but a repetitive pattern of abuse is not okay. So, you know, we can get into like, some verbal abuse. I mean, lying is a destructive thing. (laughs) We've all lied, right? And so it doesn't mean we're all abusers, but a repetitive pattern of lying can be, you know, verbal and emotional abuse. It's, it's not, you're not trustworthy. You know, Mm -hmm. your integrity is, you know, in in question. So, but yeah, verbal abuse, just kind of reading off a list here, yelling, (laughs) screaming at someone, cursing, Mm. um, putting someone down, 
talking to you like you're a child, so condescension, mm. degrading you, telling someone they're stupid, even comments like, how could you do that? What were you thinking? I mean, right. those are all, that, that would be like a verbal, emotional kind of thing. It's, it's attacking your character. It's degrading you. Mm. Emotional abuse can be, I, I mentioned before, embarrassing someone withholding approval or affection as a punishment. You know, mm. you did that really well, but I'm not going to, you know, tell you because mm. whatever. <laughs> um, it's, it's that, it's a little, I don't know, it seems like it's a little bit of a deeper, more, um, I don't know, it's just, it's awful. Right, <laughs> like yeah. Like, yeah. Making threats, you know, threatening to hurt you, unpredictable moods that can be a form of emotional abuse, mm. just being erratic kind of thing. There's also such thing as financial abuse. Again, just kind of thinking more along the lines of someone in an abusive relationship, but, you know, not allowing you to have money, taking your, um, you know, spending Mm. all the money, Mm -hmm. not giving you enough money to pay the bills, things like that. So that's an issue. Mm. There's also spiritual abuse, you know, using scripture out of context, using scripture Mm. to, yeah. Mm. Justify. um, Yeah. Yeah, justify something or using it as a weapon. I mean, that was right. never what the word was designed for. Right, so, of course not. Yeah. Um, you know, things like, the, again, this is another topic for another time, but the concept of submission and headship and all of that, that's a spirit that's been used to spiritually abuse people. Oh, yeah, um, not, totally. Not that submission is that, but just that it's been used out of context. And so that's an example right. of how, you know, of spiritual abuse. Um yeah, it's great. So, yeah. It, again, I think it a simple Google search could help just kind right. of open your mind to it. There's a lot under that umbrella. Um, but hopefully that gives a little more clarification. Well, I love that. Well, I asked you to, to just kind of talk about it and list it out a little bit because I think people need to hear that. And just hearing it from a professional anyway to say like, oh, wow, yeah, that falls on – um, what I've been experiencing and I didn't think of it yeah, that way. Yeah, I'm not crazy. Or it's I'm not crazy, me. you know, and yeah. like, you know, yeah, we can Google and it's like Google can tell you anything, but, but I, I love hearing <laughs> it from like a human being who has done work in this because uh, people mm-hmm. need to be empowered by that knowledge to know that they uh, they are deserving of something better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that you said earlier, the uh, people can do things wrong, but if they continue it, that becomes abusive if they're confronted with it and they don't change. So I, I like that distinction because, of course, we're all going to mess up somehow. But if we're not mm-hmm. going to confront it, then we, we're we going to allow evil to endure. Or if you were the confronted party then we're and we're unwilling to change, you know, that's that's an issue of our uh, of ourselves mm-hmm. and our humi- right. and our lack of humility or what or whatnot. So do you have advice for how we can identify the boundaries of other people? Can you clarify, like, give me an example? How um, am I violating Mary Ashley's space or, yeah, you know, I, uh, how, I mean, like, like, where's, yeah, where's the balance between it's like, okay, well, this is what I want, you know, like, okay, so just going in for a kiss, like, let's like take a benign example, you know? Mm-hmm. Because both of us have been in situations where... <laughs> Such a weird transition. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I mean, both of us have been in situations 
situations where it's like we didn't want to be kissed and then we were, you know. Oh, and, um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so and yeah. I think a lot of women have been in that situation. Yeah. Um, so uh, to taking it from like the flip side, like, do you have any recommendations for like if a guy's like, should I go in for a kiss or should I not? You know. Yeah, it's that man. It's a tricky subject because. Oh yeah, it's tricky. Um, I have a heart for for guys, and I'm not talking yeah. about you know the ones that, you know, are clearly abusive and abusing power and all of that. Yeah. I mean, not that I don't have a heart for them, but, you know, there is that element of romance and, you yeah. know, I've heard about like the consent card and mm-hmm. giving consent and I, I'm absolutely for consent and I think it's, you know, absolutely needed, but there is that element of like, you know, sometimes it ruins the moment to be like, hello, can I kiss you now? You know, uh-huh. it's, that's not always what we want to hear either. And so, you know, I think there's no black and white, you know, rule here. Yeah, sure. I think, you know, I'm thinking about, the, you know, before this call, like, what would I say to that? And, you know, I think it's helpful early on, if it's appropriate, if, it, if you can find a way to do it, to talk through, like, you know, these are some of my limits physically. And that, that sounds really crazy, like, first date. Well, this is what, you know, and so maybe it doesn't <laughs> come out like that, but... You know, to be kind of open, I think it, too, it helps to kind of, like you, you somebody mentioned earlier, getting to know the person. What are they like in other areas of life? Mm-hmm. You know, I, one example that I, I use a lot in my that happened in my own life was I went on a date with this guy. He was a nice guy. You know, I'd hung out with him at college. You know, we were around each other a lot. And he took me out to dinner. And remember that when you're dating, hopefully you're getting, like, the best case scenario of this person, right? Yeah. Most people are on their best behavior. They're trying to do their best. Okay, so we're sitting at the table, and he orders coffee. The waitress comes out, brings him coffee, takes a drink, and apparently it was too hot, and he spit it out on the table and Ooh. then looked at the waitress and acted, pretty much blamed her for it. Oh. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> like, red flag. You know? And so a couple red flags, right? You just put your coffee out, dude. Like, that's gross. Yeah. (laughs) But the thing that was a huge red flag for me was like, you just blame the waitress, dude. Yeah. Coffee's hot. Hello. (laughs) So so I've talked about this concept of having some kind of red flags and, and we should be kind of reading into those before we get to that place. Yeah. And so that was a red flag for me. Like you, you don't, you don't take responsibility for your actions. You know, maybe there was some blame for the waitress. I don't know in another scenario, but this showed me something about this guy. Yeah, and yeah. so my, my radar went up a little like, okay, sure. let's be careful. And clearly I'm not married to that man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I think probably the best answer to, to that question is, you know, um, have some grace for our guys pray a lot <laughs> yeah but um be looking in other areas because you'll see some consistency with a person's character do they respect people do they care about your beliefs and values you know what if you said i don't want to kiss anybody until my wedding day okay some people might think that's absolutely crazy but that's her that's her value or that's his value are you able to respect that if, even if you disagree with it you know maybe you're not but it's definitely not a place to force yourself on that person, you know? So, yeah, I I also think that we've all had that time, like he kissed me and I didn't want that. And so it's a great time to be like, you know what? I'm not ready. I'm not there. Like I can't, 
I'm not there. Sorry. I know that's yeah. awkward, but <laughs> yeah. I think that embracing the awkwardness, it's better to embrace it now before you get stuck into a bad situation. Right. And yeah, I, and I think too, well, at least what's happened with me is I also get a lot of like social commentary voice stuck in my head of like, Oh, well you're still single because you're too picky. And the problem is with you and you just need to, you know, like Mm -hmm. be, be less selective and blah, 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 blah. And so that has kind of gotten me into situations or, you know, I've let myself get into situations that were totally violations and that I didn't want to be there, but it was like a pity date or because I thought like, Oh, I just, I guess I should, you know, like whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and it caused me to really ignore my own gut. And so I think that part of, getting clear about your, you know, your values and, and then also, you know, observing someone else's behavior. That's, that's really useful. Yeah. And I think too, again, you know, things can change. I, I had really strict boundaries, you know, I was picky and then I met a great guy and something was a little off and I'm not talking about, I I think it's helpful to look through, like we talked about, or maybe I said this kind of having your red flag issues. What are my non-negotiables? Like I will not go out with somebody like this. You know, and we're right. talking in a community of faith. I, I didn't really want to date somebody who didn't love Jesus because it was a, it's a main part of my life. So why would I do that? You know, right. And then, you know, your, nego- your non-negotiable is maybe different than other people's. And so I think it's helpful to know what those are. But there are some things that might be like yellow light, you know, red light, yellow yeah. light, green light. You know, what are those issues that they're, they're important to you, but maybe they could change. And so, yeah, maybe you're too picky. And then God brings you a guy that you know, maybe challenges a couple of those yellow issues. And then you take them before the Lord and say, is this really a a negotiable thing? Like, can I change this? And God will show you and he'll give you peace. So yeah, you're not stuck in these bounds. You know, you're not saying I'll never change, but we've got to start somewhere and knowing that we can, you know, move those boundaries out or pull them closer in. Um, I love that. I I think that 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 relieves a lot of pressure. Uh, One, I love Mm -hmm. that metaphor of like the yellow light and the red light. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's different lights, so we don't have to yep. make it be the end all be all. Right. But this, this idea of, uh, I think, well, women and men, but speaking as a woman, I think just knowing my boundaries up front and just knowing myself and knowing what I want would have been helpful in those situations where I felt either violated or I've, I felt like I crossed lines that I didn't understand that I was crossing a line for myself because I didn't have those defined in the first place. So I think it's just really having that spiritual formation or whatever name you want to give it and just like giving yourself like, no, these are my non-negotiables. Like writing them down is helpful Yeah. because Mm -hmm. when you're faced in a a date or whatever and something comes up, you're like, no, no, that fell on this side of the list. So (laughs) I got to, you know, like that might be silly and, and maybe cause for awkwardness during those situations, but better that than you hating yourself later. Cause I, you know, you and I have both been in those situations where we're like, Oh, I hated that. I did that. Yeah. yeah. But now- and, and my work with um, women who are in abusive relationships, especially marriages where it's harder to get out. I can't tell you of one person who has not told me, you know, this happened and I ignored it and this mm-hmm. happened and I didn't mm-hmm. think it was that bad or, and I, I want, like, in my heart, I'm just like, no, <laughs> like, yeah. I wish, you know, we could have talked because it would have saved you a lifetime. 
And yeah. so, yeah, embracing those awkward moments, it's better to look like a fool now <laughs> than to be yeah. you know, locked into something mm-hmm. you know, that's going to hurt a lot more later. And then, yeah, even I, I really love the understanding that it can change, too. I have a friend who just posted on Facebook that she felt that it, it was kind of like now you've ordered food and you thought you wanted it and then they bring it to you and you don't want to eat it. So do you feel guilty about sending it back or do you just go ahead and eat it because you feel guilty about ordering it? <laughs> what a great metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, you know, because um, I'm, I'm also, I feel, I'm very disempowered in that other area. Like if I order food and it's not like either to what I wanted, like it's not to my order, like I ordered no beans and they bring me beans or whatever, I'll still probably just go along with it and I won't say anything because yeah. I feel guilty about it. But, yeah. you know, <laughs> like it, well, it's, mm-hmm. yeah. And you know what? There's the element of like, pick your battle. Some people, sure. that yeah. might be okay. Some people might not. I don't think, you know, we can't compare. Sure. Um, I'm more like you. I probably, I paid for it. You know, I don't want to raise a ruckus, but you know, that's not necessarily the right answer. I think, like I said, you have to count the cost, right? Right. How much stress, how much longer am I going to be here? Are they going to spit in my food because they're mad? You know, um, <laughs> <laughs> Valid. Valid. am I going to feel awful afterwards? Because yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. and speaking of that, like, do you have advice for people who like, you know, you had your boundaries violated and you really want to blame yourself. Like, do you have advice for kind of getting over that guilt and shame? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, the only way to get over guilt and shame is to know that you are forgiven mm-hmm. and you are free. Amen. Um, and apart from Jesus, it's a lot harder of a conversation. Right. right. And so I, I usually speak right out of that, which is, you, you know, God sees you through the blood of Jesus and he, forgiven and to walk in that forgiveness. And and that sounds very simplistic. It's simple, but it's not easy. And this is where, you know, understanding kind of the messages that you've been given growing up, there's past sexual abuse or trauma, you know, those are, are deep wounds. Even, you know, some of the stuff that you guys are talking about, about being violated in some sense, those all, you know, store messages inside of like, you know, see, that's how they see me or whatever. Mm. And so this is my counseling plug. (laughs) You know, I work with a lot of people that are just like us with real life problems and struggles with conflict with, you know, at work and, you know, conflict Mm. with the boyfriend or whatever. It's not all, you know, debilitating mental illness. And so it'd be a great time to, you know, sit down with somebody who's safe and kind of talk through, you know, struggling to forgive myself. I'm struggling to to move past this and, you know, what is truth? Am mm. I believing a lie about who I am or am mm. I believing who God says I am, which is forgiven and free and loved and, you know, he, God cares for our sanity. He cares mm. for our safety. Mm. So all of those are true things. He's our father. He wants to, you know, he protects us. So if that's not an easy or if it doesn't feel like you can do that, that's where I would really encourage you to, you know, bring a helper in, you know, talk to your pastor, talk to, you know, a close friend. I, you know, counseling, obviously I recommend, but there's a lot of, you know, support out there. So that's great. Yeah. Well, before we get to talking about the church in general and how they can help in, in this situation, I just want to go back a little bit and just, can you, just as you defined abuse, even loosely, can you define consent? Because I feel like this is something that 
people for some reason are confused it's about. Not clear. Yeah. Is there a clinical <laughs> way to define it? Because for whatever reason, we have a whole generation of men and women who are confused about what consent means, and then it's getting both sides in trouble. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. I don't know if there's a clinical definition. <laughs> I have to, where's Google? I need Google. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it, it goes back to what's mine and what's not mine. Yeah. You know, I think and that may sound oversimplified, but maybe it needs to be simple, right? Do yeah. I, I don't have the right to touch anyone. I don't have the right to... It sounds so simple. Yeah, you learned this in kindergarten, guys. <laughs> It is. Keep your hands to yourself. I don't have the right to, you know, look at you that way or speak to you in that tone or, you know, Mm. yes, freedom is a great thing, Mm. but freedom is earned in a sense, right? In a relationship, like... Well, freedom when it... I don't know. It, it, it encroaches on the freedom of others, I think, yeah. that right. it has to be re, re-evaluated because if I'm yeah. oppressing another person because I'm free to do so, that really isn't f- playing to the cause of true freedom. Yeah. Right. Maybe it's more respect is maybe what I was yeah. thinking more of. Like, it, it that has to be right. earned. And, and safety, you know, safe people is another book. It's great. It's written, I think it's written by one of the same authors, but, you know, yeah, consent really, I mean, I just think about it, yeah, maybe maybe visiting a kindergarten classroom. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, that's great. My And I don't mean to dumb, I'm not trying to like dumb it down by any means, but right. it, it doesn't have to be so hard. And I think, you know, a lot of the people that we're seeing in the media who are getting in trouble, somewhere along the line, they forgot that they're not the most important person in the right. room and they're, yeah. it's not about them and mm. they don't have, you know, we're dealing with some narcissistic type thinking that I don't, I don't care about anybody else but myself. Mm. Uh, and so, yeah, those are, those are all red flags for me, but you know, my son, he's little, he has some special needs and, and he gets in trouble for kissing people sometimes. <laughs> he's little. He's little. Um, but but it's some of those things. And, and the things I talk to him about are like, we keep our bodies to ourselves. And, you know, if somebody says stop, I have a two-year-old. And the poor girl, you know, mm. they like to just, you know, take her stuff and lean on her. And she yells, stop, stop, stop. And I'm like, what is she saying to you? Yeah. Stop. Then why aren't you stopping? You yeah. know, it really is some of, some of the more basic understanding. And I think, I think where we get clouded up is that we are afraid. We don't, mm. we don't want to enter those awkward places. And um, yeah, there might be a way to, to do it in a professional manner or whatever, but <laughs> Yeah. I don't need to see your penis. Oh, yes. I don't need to see your penis. Thank you. Yeah. Please please don't. don't. Oh, gosh. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, jumping to kind of a last thought, because we are a podcast of Christian community, uh, where can the church, and when I say church, that could either mean, you know, the leadership or, or just the people, just each other. Like, how can we be more proactive in seeing and then preventing abusive situations? I know we covered a few of those things just in our conversation, but maybe just to summarize, like, you know, defining, I mean, seeing red flags and and stepping up and speaking out for somebody or 
I don't know, doing that out yep. of out of characterization can also be kind of offensive. Like, you don't know me. Why why would you say that he or she is being abusive to me or or vice versa? You know, like how how can we be more proactive without seeming to be like busybodies and getting into others' business? Like how can we just be more open in, in keeping people safe and being vigilant yeah. about that. Yeah, I, th- I definitely think it starts with doing your own work. You know, when I was training to be a counselor, a lot of people, a lot of professors were saying, you need to get into counseling. Like, you need to be doing your own work. You need to understand mm. where you came from. That's you good. need to understand your own boundaries. Because mm. if you don't, you mm. will get triggered mm. or mm. you good. will not be able to take somebody farther than you've gone yourself. And so... If you don't understand boundaries and you're not, you know, either respecting people's boundaries or really, you know, respecting your own boundaries, you may not do it well. Right. <laughs> so I would say, you know, definitely really going before the Lord. Is there, you know, see if there be any wicked way in me, you know, confessing. Is there anything here that I need to deal with? And then and then using that. The, the reason I know about boundaries is because I've, I've worked on my own life. Mm-hmm. So I think it starts there. It's good. And then I think... Um, being willing, well, a couple of things. One is relating with people. And so you talked about how do we do this without, you know, pointing things out of people, you know, you don't know me kind of thing. Yeah. It, so it's authentic relationships. And do we know it's how good. to listen without judgment? It's good. Do we know how to empathize and sit with people and not fix their problems? Mm-hmm. The number one predictor of a good counseling relationship is did they feel safe and did they feel heard? Mm. The other stuff is extra and it's helpful, but people need to feel safe. They need to feel that you care for them and that you're at least attempting to understand where they're at, even if they're completely wrong. <laughs> right. Right. And so I think that's a, that's a good rule of thumb. And then I think being willing, you know, confrontation is, is something that we have to do at times. There's a way to do that lovingly. And I think it is biblical as long as we've done our own work. Right. Um, there are times where we might have to have those hard conversations. And so, can we do that and also respect their boundaries? You know, using things like, you know, I'm seeing these things in your life. Do you, what do you feel about that? There's, mm-hmm. You know, there's ways to do those things lovingly. And then I think just teaching these things, you know, I don't know, in, in small group settings or having a class or whatever, you know, having a book group, something like that. Just being, having more resources to teach people in the church. So, yeah, we, there, I could probably say a million things, but I think those are probably... <laughs> Those are good. Those yeah, are great. Yeah. Well, thank you. I think that's a good place to kind of end. But Christy, do you have any place that people can find you or look up your work or any resources that you recommend? Yes. Um, my website, ChristySams.com, C-H-R-I-S-T-Y-S-A-M-M-S.com. <laughs> and then my contact information is on there as well if anyone wants to contact okay, perfect. me. And you are in the Cleveland area? I am. Okay, cool. So we'll definitely put that out. Do you ever do remote um, counseling ever? So I can't do counseling because I'm not licensed outside of Ohio. So it's okay, Ohio, that, that makes sense. But, you know, coaching and talking through things, absolutely. We, that's something I would be willing to do. Okay, great. Well, we'll definitely include that information when we post the episode. So look into the show notes for that information. Christy, thank you so much for joining us. And hopefully we can get you back. It sounds like there's a lot that we can talk through. Yeah. Yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) It's been fun. All right. Thank you for listening to our podcast. This has been another episode of Fishers of Men.
If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, please email us at fishersofmenpodcast at gmail.com or find us on our website at fishersofmenpodcast.com. We are also on Facebook under Fishers of Men. Follow us on Twitter at at LA Gone Fishing or on Instagram at Fishers of Men Podcast. There is an underscore after each word. Please also remember to rate and make comments on iTunes if you feel so inclined. It's really important so that other people can discover our podcast. I'm Larson Sams. I'm Mary Ashley Burton. Until next time.